Thanks to NewZest for supporting the Apple Bits XL. Led by nature and backed by science, NewZest has powerful, nutrient-packed formulas for a stronger, brighter, and more active you. For 15% off your purchase, go to newzest.us slash abxl. All right, let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. All the top stories that you care about. Brian Tong here, a.k.a. BTZ, a.k.a. your host with the most. This is episode 69. That's a very special number. No, it's not. But welcome, everyone who's continued to support the show. And also, for new listeners, I know you're out there because we see the show numbers keep on growing. So I know you're listening. So thanks so much for hanging out with us. This show is always all about you all, so remember to call in by recording a voice memo on your phone, then send it in to applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z, your name, where you're from, your comments, your questions, your good apples, your bad apples. I'd love to hear them. We we only got a couple, and they they weren't the best, so one of them was just really too long, so I'm not going to do calls this week, but I got to imagine... There will be plenty of thoughts that you all have because WWDC 2019 is coming June the 3rd. That is this coming Monday. The keynote itself starts at 10 a.m., but you know that I'll be having my own live streaming coverage like we always do. So all you got to do is go to youtube.com slash Brian Tong. I'm going to start the live stream around 8.45 a.m.-ish Pacific time. That's 11.45 a.m.-ish. Eastern Time, I'll be taking your live calls, your live tweets, your commentary. We will also do a big bingo card because that's always fun. I'm working on some giveaways, but all of that, that kind of fun, epic event that we do together, and it's it's one of my favorite things to do. Just go to youtube.com slash Brian Tong to watch my live stream. You can even like set a reminder when you go there uh, so you're notified when my live stream starts. So Let's just jump in the news this week. We are going to do a general recap of what we expect to see at WWDC 2019. That is the point of the show. But we've also talked about a lot of that stuff the past few episodes constantly. So I wanted to give you some of the new big stuff that has happened this week. And then we'll transition over that. And so let's just start off with Apple releasing another new product for the second week in a row. Remember last week was all about the new MacBook Pros with the speed bump and a semi-barely-slightly-improved keyboard where they are bringing new materials to hopefully hopefully ensure better responsiveness out of the butterfly keyboard. The butterfly keyboard that I hate, that is still the same design as it was. The design didn't change. We just got some more reliable materials that Apple won't talk about, but iFixit did a whole breakdown of it. Now, this week, surprise, we got a new iPod Touch. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. So this is the last time the iPod Touch was updated was roughly two years ago. But here's what we have inside this. And a lot of you people are like, what? Say what? iPod Touch? I don't know how many people stop. People have stopped asking me about the iPod Touch forever. Maybe one or two people every every year. Anyways, The iPod Touch uh, will still lag from a hardware standpoint behind the rest of the iOS line. The thing about it is the body, the chassis of this thing has not changed since 2012. So it has no biometric authentication of any kind. There's no 
you know, face ID or anything like that. The it is also bringing a A10 processor. Well, right now we're at A12. When the new phones and devices come out, we'll be going up to A13. So this is basically at least three processors behind. They didn't even throw in an A11 in there. This will be able to handle augmented reality. Basically, they're just putting in the minimum specs to allow it to handle AR so they can say, hey, all of our Apple devices can use augmented reality. There, It starts at 32 gigs of storage for $199. You can get a 256 gig storage option. That jumps up to $399. But I look at this and I'm like, why? Why? And then I think about it and I know exactly why. This is again, oh, good old classic Tim Cook getting at it again, taking old parts from the supply chain, putting it together, putting them on shelf, hoping that it sells and moves some units through the supply chain instead of none units, which it will, but I I personally don't know anyone who's really buying this. Quite honestly, you either should hand down your iPhone to your kids or you're just a really rich person that wants to give your young kid who's too young for an iPhone an iPod touch just so they will stop bothering you. I'm kind of kidding when I say that, but I'm not. (laughs) Anyways, a new iPod touch out now. So before the keynote, new MacBook Pros, new iPod touch. I'm I'm surprised. I'm surprised. So... This also is likely that the sixth generation touch is discontinued until they sell out or they'll just pull them off the shelves and uh, maybe they'll appear another time. They'll probably just use the parts again uh, to continue to pump out the iPod touch. It's just, it's just crazy to me. No one, no one is asking for this. All right. So we also have some, a few new stories or updates of things to expect here at WWDC. I'm excited about WWDC. I always get excited. I do get excited about new hardware. I still don't know if we're going to really see new hardware. We'll talk about the rumored potential Mac Pro at least getting some kind of sneak peek. We will see. But at least one of the new leaks coming out to us from our friend Guillermo Rambo from 9to5Mac. I'm learning how to pronounce his name properly. People said, hey, you're, it's not Guillermo. It's Guillermo. Guillermo, I got you. Guillermo revealed three screenshots of what dark mode will actually look like on the new iPhones. And again, I we talked about it with Mark Gurman and myself, dark mode is cool, it's nice, but I think it is still highly overrated. I do think that there are people that absolutely can benefit from dark mode, so I'm not saying it's worthless. I'm just saying when everyone is going like cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs and it's, Dark mode? Dark mode's all right. So some of the improvements or the changes when you switch your phone to dark mode, the actual uh, task bar, that app bar in the behind your four main core apps on the bottom of your phone, it's going to get a little darker in color. Also, they showed a screenshot of what it would look like with the Apple Music app where the player controls are significantly darker uh, with the theme of the Apple Music app now all black instead of white. So it's completely dark. We'll we'll see if it actually does, if it is a true black, if it's going to save any battery life. It's going to be minimal at the most over the long term. But you can't tell me you're going to see something like, hey, uh, use dark mode on your iPhone and gain two, 
hours of juice. Not even one hour of juice. I could be wrong, but I don't expect we'll see anything like that. One of the other, the final screenshot of dark mode shows how the screen capture tool has changed. Currently, if you try and do a screen cap on an iOS device, the background is like a bright light gray. Well, now it'll turn your, that background that used to be light gray will now be kind of a dark transparent version of your wallpaper. And then you'll have new tools for annotations, like the icons of like the pencil and the pen and the marker. They look kind of more like realistic pencils and pens. They've also done that uh, to the toolbar when you do screenshots on iOS 13 for the iPad. And then Guillaume Rambo also revealed the new Reminders app and how it looks very, very similar to an app, if you're familiar with it, called Memento, where you'll have different categories of today, scheduled, all, and flagged, and you'll have your different notes in there. It's kind of like a rounded square icon. So those are all there. And then we also know about the whole merging of Find My Friends and Find My iPhone apps. Apple at least has released and what Guillaume has found a new icon that is just called Find My. Just at least right now, it's just called Find My. So I do like the idea of this app being merged as one. And if they do really release a physical tracker or tile and they just tell everyone, hey, throw this on your keychain. Look, I know tracker has been around. I know tile has been around, but Apple doing that, oh, A, I feel bad for them if they do that. B, people are going to do it. I could totally see someone like my mom or my sister just be, just get them because, hey, I could I could use that. What, it's 10 bucks, 15 bucks worth of my phone makes it easy and, you know, people lose stuff. Man, I, I should put that on, put that on my brother. Then I'd be able to find him wherever he goes. He always gets lost. That's right, Jason. I'm going to put a find my tracker right on you. All right, in other stories of news that have come out, we've also seen kind of a leaked version of the new dedicated music app and TV app on the Mac. These are screenshots that basically have a similar format to what iTunes is. You have the navigation bar on the left-hand side with your different topics, and then you have just like the large screen on the right-hand side that fills that space for content. But again, remember, there is going to be the splitting of iTunes finally, or at least the option for you to have these different apps. So we see what the music app looks like. We've seen now what the TV app looks like. It's happening, and it's also part of their transition of really being able to have a standalone app on all these platforms that also works the same. Um, It's through their development platform called Marzipan, where the goal is for someone to, a developer, instead of making an app for these different devices and platforms build it once and then it works on your mac it works on your ipad it works on your iphone and maybe on your apple tv we'll see but at least those three core devices are going to be there the other news that has continued to get steam it makes me sad i know a lot of people don't use it but i know there's a strong group of people that do and i am one of those apple is expected to remove 3d touch from all 2019 iPhones in favor of the haptic touch, which is just a long press that we have on the iPhone XR. Now, when I rewind back in time, when 3D Touch first came out, I was juiced about it. I was like, this is awesome. This will take the UI of a phone to a whole new level. You have like the pressure. I always love saying peek and pop, 
because Apple was like, hey, if you press on a photo on an email or text and you push it harder, it's a peek and pop. Well, that is going to be laid to rest according to multiple reports. We heard this a long time ago back in, I feel like we heard this maybe even, not even in January, like last year. And it makes sense. It does. It's just sad because I've always felt that 3D Touch was in a UI that they first introduced and it was exciting. And then they kind of just put it out there. They never really made major improvements to it. Developers didn't get on board because Apple didn't push it hard enough. I probably use the most with uh, Shazam. I just push 3D Touch Shazam and be like, listen, that's kind of fun. I have done it with the camera app where I just push it really hard. It's like, okay, record a video, things like that. It does come in handy if you use it, but Apple never trained the general consumer to use it. And now it's going away because guess what? They're not trying to make their phone like a pro phone with all these cool in-depth features. It's like, keep it as simple as possible. They're, to me, they didn't need to remove 3D Touch. I think more than anything, it needed to exist on iPhones. It needed to exist on the iPad and needed to continue to be talked about beyond just the first time. When they introduced it for the very first time, that was basically with the iPhone 6S. That was the only time we really heard about 3D Touch. And you know how I feel about that, right? You, you think you know? Yeah, that's a bad apple. I just imagine a dude falling down like a really, really long tunnel there. It's kind of sad, actually. Did I just kill a man? Maybe I did. Anyways, 3D Touch, expect it to rest in peace with no mention in iOS 13. And once we see the new iPhones, the 2019 batch of iPhones, it's also going to be gone. Sticking with iPhones real quickly, a new report. This one's coming out from Mako Takara, the Japanese website, blog site that has revealed a lot of news in the past. The report is that the iPhone 11 could let users send music to two Bluetooth devices at the same time. Now, we've been talking about this for a while. Bluetooth 5.0 spec supports multiple Bluetooth devices. The iPhone and the iPad currently support multi-room audio to AirPlay 2 speakers. And so, Mako Takara is reporting that Apple will now be adding dual Bluetooth audio support for its next phone, or next iPhone at least. This would be cool because it would allow two people to listen to music from the same phone, and it would allow that phone to connect to two sets of different AirPods simultaneously. That means at the same time. (laughs) I know it does. I'm messing with y'all. So right now, the iPhone currently only supports one audio profile device at a time. I love this because now that we're going in this whole wireless thing, when I'm on a plane with my girlfriend and we're watching a movie, I've now had to come up with this like on an iPad, I get a USB-C to audio um, female connector. Then I put that into a splitter and then from the splitter we have to bust out the physical wire connection to two different headsets and then put that in just to listen and watch a movie at the same time on a plane i want to do that ain't nobody got no time for that so this is a nice look at what we could see again this is reportedly for the iphone 11 so we'll find out in september and you know i didn't say the nicest things about the iphone because they're getting rid of three t- 3D touch, but you know what? I think that that's a good Apple. Yeah! Give me some of that dual Bluetooth, baby. 
All right. Thanks again to Newzest for supporting this podcast. Newzest is made from European golden peas grown in the north of France. It's a plant-based pea protein powder that's high in protein and low in calories. It contains no added sugar, no stevia, and is naturally sweetened with a West African fruit extract. Now, it was actually my girlfriend who got me into trying out Newzest originally. She loved it, and she buys it for herself, so I decided to give it a shot, and it's really smooth. So when I blend it up, there's no grit or chalkiness, and then you can blend it into a smoothie you make or just drink it straight up with just almond milk. Newzest is the number one vegetable protein in New Zealand, and it's now available in the U.S. It was voted the number one vegetable protein for 2018 and 2019 by VeryWellFit.com and one of the top 10 vegan proteins by Health Magazine. So for 15% off your purchase, go to newzest.us slash A-B-X-L. That's spelled N-U-Z-E-S-T dot U-S slash A-B-X-L. All right, we told you we'd talk about what we expect to see at WWDC. We will, but I think the biggest thing that question in my mind about this keynote, yeah, we'll see all the software. We know pretty much what's coming with iOS, watchOS, macOS. We don't know the name for macOS yet. Could it, it's it's going to be something with uh, you know, is it is it macOS with a with an M again or would it be an N? I don't you know what? I'm kind of over the names of them. It doesn't matter to me. But the biggest question is, will we or won't we see the Mac Pro? Now, I think because the Mac Pro has been basically dead for so long, people aren't thinking about it. But there's still a group of professionals that I know that have been waiting out for the new Mac Pro. So there's a lot of things that they can do. Apple, you have to remember how bad it was. It was so bad that Apple actually had to invite specific people from different tech outlets to their headquarters to essentially have a sit-down meeting and apologize that, oh, we didn't really listen to our customers for the Mac Pro. Craig Federighi, with this whole new trash can design, basically said that how they kind of put themselves into a bit of a thermal corner where the design was stagnant. They couldn't really expand it. Or duh. It was like, hey, you want to expand over Thunderbolt? Here, Thunderbolt hard drives, Thunderbolt external video card, Thunderbolt. It's like, no, give it to me in one piece and let me add more storage internally. The trash can, quite honestly, looked nice. But I remember it crashing all the time at my old employer when people were doing projects. It was not anywhere close to the beast that Apple had hoped it would be. It just looked sexy. That's about it. And it was a desktop. So what what can they do with the new Mac Pro to kind of bring back some of that love? Well, obviously, this is going to have to, you got to go back to the days of the Mac, Pro, the Power Mac, where you had the, the cheese grater design. Before that, you kind of had the mirrored front design. Man, I go back all the way to a Macintosh G3 tower. That's how old school I am. We put a zip, what is it? An iOmega zip drive inside one of the expansion slots okay and that was like one of one of the main ways to transfer large media files on those big fat zip disks i think they i think they stored like around 256 megs maybe maybe 500 at least during that heyday sheesh and if you don't know what a zip drive is or iomega kids look it up just just for fun so 
we know we've got to have a modular design with this new Mac Pro. It's got to have user-replaceable components. So give me at least three, three bays, whether it's to put different drives, different different storage options. We need that, right? Now, I'm not so sure a swappable CPU is important here, at least with the Mac. That's a PC thing. And Apple, I'm trying to think, yes, Apple, to my knowledge, has never done a swappable CPU. But we do at least need to have the most powerful Intel Xeon processors on the market. We're talking about 18 cores at the high end. Right now, the current MacBook Pro is an eight-core machine. Swappable graphics cards is a must just for the longevity of the machine. NVIDIA graphics support is kind of the leader when it comes to 3D graphic, 3D graphic intensive projects and all the apps, really the core stuff, require an NVIDIA graphics card. If Come on, they're not that dumb. We'll definitely see something like that. Larger RAM options. Um, I'm just looking for... Look, right now I'm I'm doing fine on a MacBook Pro. Do I want a Mac Pro? I mean, I think for where I'm at right now, I'm I could just maybe buy a large display. We heard about that 31.6 inch 6K display. I don't think I need that, but I haven't touched a Mac Pro design or tower in a while because I was so turned off by the trash can. But I used to always work on a tower and a big screen to edit video. Also, we need that new display from Apple, whatever that is. And the last but not least part of this equation, pricing. What do you think? You think this thing is going to be cheap? No. I think the, let's see, the high-end MacBook Pro right now is, if you tw- uh, fully loaded, is like 6500 bucks. I, I can't remember what a, a super over-the-top, beefed-up iMac Pro is, but I believe it hit 10000 somewhere around there so this mac pro just for the tower it's probably going to be around that if you're not even counting a screen but at the very least i just want to see innovation i want to see by far it will be they won't be wrong when they say this is the most powerful mac we've ever made but i think we need to see more than that and we'll really see how it compares to the pc world with what you can make the pc world has always been able to for the most part outperform apple when it comes to desktops so maybe this design that they have will be so awe-inspiring that i'll be like okay i'm down with that the pc market is just completely just destroyed apple and you see a lot of creative professionals getting pc towers because they're like hey apple you left us man sorry all right let's take some time now here and just kind of recap Everything that we expect to see at WWDC 2019 from the software side. Some of you have heard some of this stuff, and that's okay, but some of you have, haven't. have This really all was curated in a huge, huge report from Mark Gurman. We had him on the show a few weeks ago to talk about this. I'm going to kind of go through this as a hit list to kind of get through all these features we expect and maybe put in some of my thoughts. All right, iOS 13, let's start there. New UI animations when launching multitasking and for closing apps. Widgets on the left side of the home screen. When you swipe left, they will be getting cleaned up with a new look. I hope it's more than more rounded corners. The reminders app that we kind of use. I don't really, I use, I just really use notes more than anything. We talked about the redesign with the iPad earlier today. It's going to get redesigned for iOS with those kind of rounded 
boxes for today, scheduled, flagged, and all. We talked about the Find My Friends and Find My iPhone apps finally making their partnership and merging the two, combining forces to make Find My. Apple's been testing a new keyboard that allows you to swipe across letters on the keyboard in one motion. Uh, That's kind of the type out words. If you remember the swipe keyboard, there's also the Swift key keyboard out there right now. It's just basically drawing your words with letters, kind of like connecting the dots. I think this is nice. I found that I really liked those, but I never used them on a daily basis. I still kept on just tapping them out. We also are getting a revamped health app with a clearer looking outline to see your daily activities. There's gonna be a new section for hearing health that measures how loud you're listening to music or podcasts like the Apple Bits XL. On your headphones or the loudness of your environment, there's a new screen time feature for parents to let put limits on who their kids can and cannot connect to at certain times. Plus, a new books app with a progress tracker and reward system. I've, I think I used the books app with the very first I, iPad and never did after that. A new sleep mode will be updated um, with a version of the bedtime feature. That's a tab in Apple's clock app now to kind of work that more fluidly together. And it could also set up better integration for sleep tracking together with dun, 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 iOS 13 and the Apple Watch. I think that's another way, great way to merge and make the Apple Watch even more important. I've talked about it, geez, for two or three years, get better sleep tracking. Give me Fitbit level sleep tracking at the very least. And give me all those yummy, tasty graphics and designs and I'll look at it maybe once every week for a month and then I'll never look at it again, but I'm happy to know that it does something that I paid for that I don't look at. The HomePod still needs a whole lot of work. Someone asked me, why is no one talking about the HomePod 2? No one's talking about the HomePod 2 because no one's talking about the HomePod 1. The HomePod will soon be able to respond to different voices for multiple users and get that much-requested multi-user mode. That's nice. It's a start. I used know I'm still on camp. Blow up Siri and start all over. We'll see when that actually happens. But it still won't have multiple queries to be able to tell it to do multiple things. It still needs, at the very fundamental level beyond Siri, more device support. That's HomeKit. And the ability to expand really using it with third-party apps. That's it's not there at all. People with disabilities, Apple is going to better integrate hearing aid support and have an even more comprehensive accessibility settings menu in the settings. This is great stuff. And we know, I know because I get some of your notes and messages. Uh, we have people that listen to the show um, that are that always ask me about what's going on in accessibility. I'm not the biggest expert, but I think that whenever we see this stuff, this is nothing but a good thing. And then let's look down the future of iOS 14. Really, all signs are pointing to the phone to get is the 2020 iPhone. Hopefully, it does bring 5G, and it, it 5G hopefully will be really truly ready to roll by then. I mean, I think at least by early 2020 it'll look pretty nice. But I'm talking about 5G. But the iPhone 2020 release expected to support 5G and new AR features for next year phones. When iPhone will really take its big next big jump. People get mad at me for not being excited about the iPhone. I'm just trying to ask you what is so exciting about the iPhone. It's nice. It's can't you can we all agree like, yeah, it's a nice phone, but it isn't really doing much. Look at the S10 and don't tell me that thing's just ridiculously awesome. Phone of the year 2019, S10 or iPhone 11. 
You want to call it right now? No, we're going to wait for the iPhone 11. But I'm going to call it right now. <laughs> no, I'm not. People are going to get triggered when I do that. iOS 13 for the iPad. It itself will be getting an updated interface for multitasking and tweaks. You know how I feel about the iPad. Every odd year is where they really kind of bring it up, take it up to the next level. But this year, it doesn't sound like, at least from the reports, that the iPad 3 is iPad with iOS 13 is really going to kind of make that next jump. They're doing tweaks, but it's not necessarily the stuff that we're asking for. So one of them, they have been testing a new downloads manager for Safari browser so that we can access all the downloads, whether they're images or files or things like that in a single place like you can in a computer. There will be an updated files app that will work with third-party apps for importing images and assets into an app like Photoshop. Now, I say that like Photoshop because we saw Photoshop last year. They've teased it. They said it's coming this year. I've been screaming it since the iPad Pro came out. I think it's been three plus years now. We need pro-level apps from the big boys on the iPad Pro to take it to that next level. Will we finally see the release date for Photoshop for the iPad Pro at WWDC? Will they say, hey, it's here? We'll find out. I have I have people at Adobe, but they won't even tell me. They're just like, they're they're being as secretive as Apple. Crazy. So not only that, will Apple finally release like some remnant of Final Cut Pro? or Logic, or any pro apps. I'm going to cross my fingers. No one has said anything. I'm going to cross my fingers. There have been no reports or hints of anything. I'm going to cross my fingers. I would love to get that. Photoshop is a start, but Apple, you, three years in a row, you got to support your pro hardware with pro software. You used to be the king of software and hardware together. This should be a priority. And iPads are selling like hotcakes because there's a lot of innovation happening on that side. Let's get that software thing going, all right? All right? So yeah, that's one of my top requests for the iPad. I still want it to be able to read remotes, uh, read external storage. So I think I like the idea that, according to the reports, the file apps will allow you to import images and assets into the photo into, into apps like Photoshop. Will it be able to read external drives to import that footage? We'll see. We will see. And uh, I put in my video, I got nothing but love for y'all. Let's, for all of you that have been patiently waiting and did not want to buy a third-party option. <laughs> I mean, I know there's free ones out there. A calculator for the app, a calculator app for the iPad. It still, to this date, natively does not exist. It doesn't exist. So, yeah, get on that, y'all. We're going to jump over to the Macs. We obviously just saw the new MacBook Pros. I mentioned to them earlier. So what will we see in MacOS 10.15? Well, I'm more curious. As time has gone on, I really don't feel like we're going to see a 16-inch MacBook Pro with a bezel-less, bezel-less, bezel-less screen on it. I don't think we're going to see that, at least at WWDC. Again, I could be wrong. But it is ripe when they release a new MacBook Pro to happen kind of in that August-y, September-y, October-y time frame. And they just released speed bumps to the MacBook Pro. So it would just seem like it would be upstaging it. But at the same time, like this is a time to give us a, little, a few nuggets to get excited about. Could they do it? I'm going to, let's, let's, let's give it on a scale of one to 10. 
I'm gonna put it at I'm gonna put it at a five. I don't I'm not very optimistic that it's gonna happen. So we'll see. Now the biggest change for the Mac is the availability of iPad apps from developers to run on Apple laptops and desktops. That is their number one priority for 2019. So developers writing an iPad app, it'll work on the Mac properly. We know that Apple is completely revamping the Mac app store and they need more apps to kind of help push it along the way. So this is part of that transition. We already, you know, we we have heard that there will be a dedicated podcast app for the Mac. There'll be a dedicated Find My app we already talked about the music app, the the new Apple TV or TV app. Let's call it the TV app for the Mac. So iTunes is officially going to be broken up and the Mac is going to benefit. And I think that's good. I don't think everyone uses all of those apps and making it a little specialized. Okay, just because iTunes is getting out of control. We know this. It was really getting out of control. Some of the iOS features expected to come to the Mac platform as we start seeing these two worlds collide and merge more and more, which to me is actually a good sign for the future of both platforms. Screen time, controls for family members, um, effects and stickers, if you like that from chat, from the Messages app. Siri Shortcuts app to build and customize your own Siri commands as an app in on the Mac. And then again, a new Reminders app and an upgrade to Apple Books. Yay! That's all coming. But I do, the thing is that you can put all these apps on these platforms and have them share it. That's one way to show connectivity and show a move towards a hybrid, but it's not really moved towards a hybrid until we start seeing like actual UI interface usability changes on the platform, which we won't. And we've been asking for a basic, basic touchscreen of just scrolling and, and double tapping and pinching and zooming for a MacBook pro shoot, put on the iMac. We already see that, that big old, uh, the surface, desktop that's that like retracting oh goodness it just makes it jealous because apple could totally do that all right so they're beefing up the mac app store under marzipan and the end goal is by next year like i said earlier mac iphone ipad apps all a single download all working well together and then if we do see a mac pro at this event will we see that 31.6 inch screen Apple released that recently new 23.7-inch LG 4K display online. So we'll see what happens. And finally, we got to talk about the Apple Watch. In my mind, Apple's most exciting product along from a standpoint of new things happening around it, innovation happening around it. Apple Watch and iPad Pro is where it's at right now. Uh, I, I would actually... You know, you might hate me for this. I would actually throw the Powerbeats Pro in that conversation, but yeah, they're 250 bucks. It's expensive, but they're really, to me, they're special, but they're not for everyone. Anyways, Apple Watch is getting their own app store, which is great. They're getting their own voice memos app. So, hey, you could start maybe recording your voice memos to this show on your Apple Watch and then send it to me that way. First person that does that, you, you let me know. I'll put you on the show, even if your voicemail is horrible. You could have the worst voice memo, but if you record it from your Apple Watch when iOS, or sorry, when watchOS 6 comes out, I'm totally going to put you on the show. Two new health-related apps for the Apple Watch, Dose for pill reminders and cycles to track menstrual cycles. Also, 
an Apple book app for listening to audiobooks, and a calculator app for the Apple Watch. Plus, more complications for more bits of info like those audiobooks, like the battery life of hearing aids, which we talked about earlier, and other complications that might measure external noise uh, related to the health app and rain data. A lot of new cool watch faces we talked about with Mark Gurman a couple episodes ago. So I think they're doing some great things there. A lot of people are still hitting me up that iOS 13 doesn't seem that great. I I think everyone is just wants a redesign or a new fresh feeling to it. And that's why people are discouraged. I will tell you, it's still the easiest to use. Um, it doesn't bother me that it doesn't look the same. To me, it's more about it's it's innovation from both software and hardware. Again, working together that I feel is lacking the most. And we will see what happens with the iPhone 11. You know, iOS 13 doesn't really give us any hints towards the phone or the watch. It's more, and typically we will see new features come out when the actual hardware comes out. But right now it's kind of like housekeeping. Okay, get all these apps on these different platforms, these specific apps for the phone, the Mac and the iPhone, all basically working on on these devices right now. So kind of get get everything consistent. So other than that, again, WWDC is happening on June 3rd. That's Monday. Their official keynote starts at 10 a.m. Pacific time, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, I will have my own BTZ live coverage, live stream, super interactive, back and forth conversation. I love and thank how many of you show up and participate and even watch or listen or chime in. Uh, feel very thankful for that. And also, you can continue to support my content here, patreon.com slash Tong Starts at $2 a month, goes up to $5, $10, $25, at the platinum level. And we have different rewards and content that's available or early access. It's just kind of a way to support what I'm doing as, you know, I'm 100 independent. So thank you so much for that. Again, your voice memos, send them into applebitsshow at gmail.com. I really want to hear what your thoughts are after the WWDC keynote. I might have to ask you again because most of the time people hear the show, then they don't call in because they're waiting for the keynote, then they watch the keynote, and then by that time, they don't call in. So I'm just trying to remind y'all. And we always have to say thank you so much to our Patreon Platinum Apple supporters at the $100 level, Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frater, Jarrett Lewis, and Calvin Fatakar. Thank you so much for your support. And also, if you can't support on Patreon, hey, five-star the show on iTunes, put in an actual written review, tell your friends about it, tell your mama about it, and I thank you so much, everyone, for allowing me to continue to do this. So, that's going to do it for this week. WWDC 2019 just upon us. That's everything we expect to see, everything we expect to hear. But really, Mac Pro? MacBook Pro? Anything? We're going to get some hardware? Only Apple knows. All right. Thanks so much for listening to the Apple Bits XL. That's going to do it for this week. Take care. Be safe. And we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Peace.